0: Happy Black Friday, Nationals fans. You know what Black Friday is. It's where you have all the deals in the world. And so today's show, I'm going to give you three big time deals in free agency for the Washington Nationals and what they could really spend this money on. Because I do see three guys who are sort of big name guys who will come at a cheaper price and they could have a pretty big impact on this team. Also, I'm going to be getting into the Rule 5 draft as well, as we are only just about a little over a week away from the Rule 5 draft, and there is an interesting name on the market that I have my eyes set on. I'm going to get into all of that and more right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so I've taken my Nationals fandom, and now I've taken it into a podcast form. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and you are listening to Locked On Nationals, your team every day for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And as I was saying, today's show will be a pretty big one, in my opinion, as I think there are three free agents that I truly think we could get at a good bargain place and this is all for black friday as you know black Far- friday <clears throat> is a nice little bargaining chip for whatever you want to do so today's op- episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts and as I was getting into I was saying there are 3 key free agents that I think the Nationals could pull off this offseason. And you're going to recognize these names. And I'm going to start off with a pretty big one. And I've mentioned him before on this show, but I'll say it again. Joey Gallo, outfielder who played for the Texas Rangers, was a first-round pick, was traded to the Yankees, and was then traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers at this past deadline. Now he's a free agent after, quite frankly, just kind of flunking the last few years, and he has just really gone through a downward spiral as far as his game on the field because he just hasn't really had a true impact in a while. And it's unfortunate because this is someone who had some high expectations, and he's had some very good seasons in the major leagues. He's never been like a hit-for-average guy, but man, his glove in the infield or in the outfield, truly, he's a difference maker in the field. He really is. He's someone who's going to be a brick wall back there at first base. He's going to be a scooping machine. Someone who's won a gold glove twice in his career. This is someone who you're going to get a lot of power out of. And that's something that's kind of gone away the last few years for him. You haven't really been seeing that power that he's always had throughout his entire career. And so where is that power gone, you may ask? I can't tell you. But then also... As I mentioned with Cody Bellinger, the shift is definitely something that's gotten in Joey Gallo's way. Now, that's not affecting him and how he's not hitting the ball out of the yard because that's his thing. That's what he does. And so he just can't really afford not to do that because you pay the price to have great defense and have a home run threat, and that's what you get with Joey Gallo. So I see this as a smart, cheap deal for a team that one could trade him at the deadline for a prospect. It's not going to be something crazy, but it could be something in return. At least maybe a, a reliever down the line that could come up in the major leagues, someone like that. You're not going to be getting an everyday infielder or third baseman out of a Joey Gallo trade, but what you could get is what I was saying. A reliever that could be a back end of the guy, Someone like a Kyle Finnegan, someone in that range, which is a good deal. But regardless, I think that he could help this team in 23. And I say that because we've seen it from him. This is someone in 2019. He batted 250, a 389 OBP. That was a 986 OPS. That was only in 70 games there, but he had 22 home runs in that stretch. This is someone who has major power. He set for 41 home runs, 40 home runs in his career, 38. Now, when he's healthy, this is a difference maker. This is someone who's going to be able to put the ball out of the yard at any given time. He's going to be getting on base. He's going to have power. And what do the Nationals need? We need power. That's why you saw us last year go after Nelson Cruz and sign him to that two-year deal. Because they recognize what they need and that is power. They need to generate more home runs and more runs in general. The Nationals were dead last at home runs in the National League. So getting someone like Joey Gallo at a deal to where it wouldn't be that crazy. Spot Track has them projected to be around $9 million for a one-year deal. I see we're probably going to go a little north on that side, maybe like a one-year $10 million deal or even an $11 million deal. But then again, perfectly fine to overspend for someone who just turned 29 years old just turned 29 so we can do this and it would be a good smart transaction made by the Washington Nationals now for the second one a familiar face someone with the San Diego Padres Sean Mania, and I say that and some people are like well he was terrible last year after the Padres traded for him and you're right he was terrible But then again, he's been a hot name that's been on the market for a while now. You see it with him. He has that sweet lefty pitch. And quite frankly, we need another lefty potentially with that starting rotation. What is Patrick Corbin going to do? Are we going to start throwing him out there every five days? Can we do that? Because that could also be a thing in this. You already have Mackenzie Gore. You're going to be banking on him being healthy in spring training and to start the year and Patrick Corbin. Those are your two lefties right now in this starting rotation. So who would you rather go with? Because we're probably not going to be carrying three lefties on this starting rotation. Let's just face it. You already got Kabali. You got Josiah Gray. You got Corbin. You got Mackenzie Gore, but you need that fifth guy. And so I think if we were to get Sean Manea, which I truly think would be a decent signing for what we need, because one... Maybe you move Corbin to the back end of the bullpen. You have an opener with him. Someone to eat up two to three innings. So, I'm like a Palo Espino type. And then you have Corbin in relief for about three, four innings and see what he can do. But getting someone like Sean Manet, again, a younger guy who has some upside in his career. And not far ago, he was a pitcher that was really well thought of. Someone in 2016, his rookie year, he was one of the better rookie pitchers in the game. 2017, he kind of fell off a little bit, but then back in 2018, he stepped it up again. He's not going to be this flashy, big-time, heater-throwing left-handed hitter or pitcher, but he is someone who will have an impact on this team, and I truly think getting someone like him would make a big difference. Because one... The trade value for him, if he does pitch well, you all want a lefty starting pitcher, especially coming down in the postseason, be used like a Ranger Suarez type out of the bullpen for the Phillies. Look at Patrick Corbin, 2019 for your Nats. This is something that can happen, and I think getting someone like Sean Manea, who's really just kind of struggled over the last few years and hasn't really found his his full stretch. That if you get this deal and he hits, it could be a big difference maker for the Nationals. Now, where do I see him panning out to be? Probably nothing crazy. But still, you got to kick the tires on it. You have to because someone of his stature, if you could trade him at the deadline, because this is someone who you're not going to be signing to a long-term extension, which is fine. You can do that. Now for my third name. Another starting pitcher because, guys, we need pitching. We need power, but we also need pitching a lot more. This is someone who you've heard of plenty of time throughout your career. Michael Waka played for the Boston Red Sox last year and really just kind of revived his career. Because in 2021 with the Tampa Bay Rays, he had a 5 ERA. He was god-awful. But this past season with the Boston Red Sox, he really stepped up his game again, pitching to a tune of a 3-3-2 ERA, a 4-1-4 fielding independent pitching. That's for those who don't know, this that stat me- measures effectiveness at preventing home runs, walk, hit by pitches, and causing strikeouts, which is not terrible. But then again, you see the growth with him. So he did have good fielding in Boston. But still, someone like him that has this type of ability, it would make a lot of sense to sign someone like Michael Walker. We need someone of that stature to A, trade at the deadline, or B, again, maybe extend him in the offseason of next year. Because getting someone like him, Michael Walker, he's a big-name guy. He's pitched in a ton of of postseason baseball over the career over his career with the St. Louis Cardinals, back with the Mets, the Rays, and the Boston Red Sox. This past year he was not in the playoffs, obviously. And even then in 2020, we as we know he was not in the playoffs with the New York Mets. But you get the point and you get the sense of what I'm trying to say. Kicking the tires on someone like him makes the most sense in the world. Because it's pitching. You can't have enough pitching. We've seen it again and again and again. Pitching wins championships. And this team is not a championship team. I I will be the first to admit that. I say it all the damn time. But then again, you have to act like it at least. You still have to put the pieces around the guys. because Someone who's 31 years old like Waka, I don't think he's too old to at least sign and try to get something involved to where we could sign him, be a fourth pitcher on this team, and have him go out there every five days and hopefully shove. Because that's the hope right now. That's what you really need moving forward with this team. And so I'm going to get into the bet the rule five MLB draft. But before that, I'm going to tell you guys why Bet Online is your number one sport for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional in amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all on Bet Online. As I've said, I know lick about soccer. I know nothing about soccer, but the World Cup is on. I want to make some money on it. And so here's what I do. I just look up BetOnline.net, and I look at their stats, analytics, and all the news and info that betonline.net has. And it's that simple. They guide me to where I want to put my money on. Do I want to put it on England? Do I want to put it on the U.S.? Do I want to put it on Wales? It doesn't matter because they have me all covered as they will for you. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, wear the game. now we get back into what I wanted to talk about with the Rule 5 draft. Because, guys, this is something that's coming up relatively soon. Over in the next week, about 10 days from now, we'll have the Rule 5 draft. And there are some interesting pieces to this team right now. Like I was saying, I have my eyes set on one person in particular. And I can tell you exactly who that is. And that is former first-round pick from the Oakland A's. Logan Davidson. Now, this is someone who's the 19th overall prospect in their MLB pipeline system, according to MLB pipeline. I should rephrase that a little. And, you know, this is someone who struggled in 2019 when he was drafted and they sent him to double A for his first full season there. And he struggled mightily. But that's okay because when you have a bad team and you have someone that you can't really rely on too often, that's perfectly fine. Because guess who needs a third baseman? It's this Washington Nationals team right now. As I've said it again and again, I think someone like Jake Alou would make a lot of sense to just give him the reins and have him be the third baseman as spring training openings, opens up. But then you also have Carter Keyboom, our fir- former first-round pick, and he hasn't done much either. He's recovering from Tommy John surgery. He was out the entire 2022 season. And again, we just haven't seen it from Carter Keeble. I'm ready to get a new, fresh face in here, whether it be Jake Alou or it be my guy, Logan Davidson. Because Logan Davidson is someone who has not really had the opportunities yet to truly shine in the major leagues. Like I have it here. He's played in 284 games in the minor leagues over the last three years. And he just hasn't gotten past a double A level. But you've seen the improvement. He's gotten a little bit better each and every year. In 2019, he only played in 54 games. He had a 239 batting average with a 676 OPS. Only hit four home runs. Then in 2020, the COVID pandemic, you didn't even get to play in a game, which is unfortunate. A lot of these guys didn't. 2021. He gets back. His power starts to come up a little bit. But even then, he hasn't fully tapped into that. He only hit seven home runs for 48 RBIs. He plays solid defense. This is someone who could be a potential, dare I say, now he's not a draft bust, but dare I say, he could be someone who could have an impact in this system. Because we need talent, and that's the influx of talent that we need—a third baseman, someone who also plays shortstop, who has a multitude of positions. He can play anywhere. Truly, he's going to come in and he's going to be able to compete right away with the Nationals. And obviously, the Oakland A's aren't really just—they're not valuing him correctly, in my opinion. Because I think Logan could—Logan Davidson could actually provide some decent impact. And I think he's someone who would even start off in AAA Rochester. Maybe he starts off in Harrisburg in A, but then again, he's been there for what, two years now. So I don't quite frankly see that opportunity, but let me get to his 2022 season where he drastically improved at the plate. He batted 252 with a 337 on base percentage. He walked 53 times. Struck out 134 times, which was down from in 2021, where he struck out 155 times. He batted 252, a 337 OBP, a 406 slugging percentage with a 743 OPS. Now, 743 OPS, that's my main stat that I look at because I think it gets everything involved that I truly value. One, if you've seen the movie Moneyball, I want you to what? Get on base. Get on base, in my mind, is the most important thing as a hitter. I look at on base percentage more than I do truly anything else. It's just the way that I value things. Some look at the deep dive analytics, which I do as well sometimes. But I think at the end of the day, if you get on base as a hitter, that is the most valuable weapon and valuable analytic that you can have. It's just what I believe in. And then second. Is slugging percentage. I need power. Today's game is about power. It's the home run ball. You know, this is going to, I'm going to cross sports here, which I like to do. You look at the NFL and all those guys there, they throw the deep ball. The quarterbacks, they throw the deep ball. And the game has evolved because of that. And the game has evolved because of that. It's because they see that chunk yardage is the way to go. And now with the MLB, the fastest way to to produce runs is with slugging, with power, getting on base, extra base hits, home runs. That's the game that we're stepping into with the MLB and really that we've been in over the last few years. Pitching is getting better, and hitting has to get better as well. So right now, if I'm the Nationals and I'm sitting there in the Rule 5 draft, I'm giving Logan Davidson a nice little shot there. One, he's from the University of Clemson. He's an East Coast guy going in Oakland, playing in the West Coast there. That's not too fun. But when you look at him from this perspective, getting back on the East Coast, back in some familiar territory, and again, you've seen some improvements with him over the years. A 24-year-old who's going to be turning 25 by spring training. The impact that he could have on this team and in this farm system and really kind of turn some heads at spring training would be a big deal because we need to start putting pressure on guys like Carter Kibu who was, had a golden opportunity for a few years here to step into the third base role and to make a name for himself. But he just hasn't done that yet. So the time to move on is now from it, or at least kick the tires on this. So I think going after Logan Davidson, someone who could play third base or even shortstop or even second base. I think it would make a lot of sense for this team. Because upside, that's the main thing on there. When you're at that draft board in the Rule 5 draft, the very top thing that you slap on the wall should be upside. We need upside, especially for a rebuilding team. You can't leave any stone unturned with this Nats roster. You can't. And so given an impact player who was a former first-round pick and who had high, people were high on him. There were some nice, solid evaluations with him. He just hasn't been able to put it all together yet. But you saw it this past season to where he started to take a step up. And you see that slight improvement that he will need and that he will continue to have, in my own opinion, to where he could make a difference on a big league roster someday. Especially if you're bought into analytics and you're bought into the, the whole school philosophy of Mike Rizzo. It makes a lot of sense. It does. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. And now back into the show as I want to talk a little bit about ownership news and how it's really affecting this offseason. Because Mike Rizzo talked about this at the GM meetings in Vegas, and he said, and he was like, well, it's really just normal business for us. And the ownership possibility changing doesn't really have that big of an impact on it. And we sit here today, and the Nationals just have done nothing. And I would expect that they would have done maybe a little splash move signing one of those three guys. But I look at Joey Gallo in particular, and he's a Scott Boris client, which I seem like I talk about Scott Boris pretty frequently on the show. And so getting someone like Joey Gallo in here for a cheap deal, I just don't see the issue with that. And I don't really see what's taking forever to sign someone of his caliber or even Michael Walker or Sean Manea for that factor. Because this roster just needs talent. That's what we need. Right now, this was back in the 2022 draft when we selected Elijah Green. I was kind of not on board with that selection because I wanted a high-floor, low-ceiling guy. And now that I've seen the way that this farm system is made up of, I've switched my whole thinking process with that. I want a high ceiling, and if it comes with a low floor, so be it. Because we need to hit on some of these guys, and we need to hit fast. Because the more you do that, and the more talent that you get, the more Washington, D.C., and the Nationals will be a destination again in free agency, and people will want to sign an extension here. People will not want to walk out the door. So the sooner that you get the talent – in place here in Washington, D.C. with the Nationals, and you just trust in Mike Rizzo, and that's for myself as well. And I think that's when we'll really see these wheels starting to turn and the bus will start getting pushed a little more faster than what we thought it could be. Because right now on this Major League roster, the influx of talent is just not great. It's not. And we got guys who will be coming up to help us with Robert Hassel within the next year or two, Elijah Green over the next three years, same with James Wood. And then again, we're projected to have a top three pick this upcoming draft. And then in the Rule 5 draft, you can add a slight impact type of guy who could help you on this team, maybe even this upcoming season. You truly do not know, and you do not want to leave any stone on unturned as that is a obligation for Mike Grizzo and his staff because they recognize they need the talent and they need it quick or else they're going to fall behind and that'll be fast. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Thank you for making locked on nationals. Your first listen for your next listen. Check out the locked on sports today podcast. The biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcast so again thank you guys for tuning in to locked on nationals today it's been a fun week holiday week so i know a lot of people are busy with the family friends whatever you may be i hope this episode finds you well on a nice little black friday maybe you're out shopping getting some bargains just like the nationals should be doing this off season but hopefully we can see a little more bargain shopping from them. You have a good one, and go Nash.